Hiya, welcome to another episode of Dark and Spooky, a horror podcast with me, Miss Dark and Spooky, aka The Girl Next Door. It's going to be another ghost story episode, so are we all ready to get into it? Let's do it. popular girl befriended the weirdo. Layla was the most popular girl at school. The girls idolised her and the boys lusted after her. She sat next to Arnold in algebra but she strongly preferred not to. He was the class weirdo. He smelled a bit funny and would always read manga and comics during study period. Layla would occasionally strike up a conversation with him but would soon regret it when she was met with an uncomfortable silence and awkward tension. Behind his back, Layla would mock him around her friends. She wasn't sure why, probably because it made her feel superior. In turn, her friends would taunt him to his face. They'd do anything to impress her. She felt bad for enabling their behaviour, but she got a thrill knowing they would follow her every move. It'll toughen him up, she would tell herself. But Layla decided today was different. Today, she wanted to be nice to Arnold. Hey Arnold, how are you today? Hi Layla, I'm okay. A prolonged silence ensured. What you got there? Oh, um, it's nothing. It's just um, some dumb comic book. I don't think it's dumb. Let me have a look. She feigned interest as she flipped through the pages. This is cool, you should show me more after school sometime. He shuffled around, turning red, visibly uncomfortable. Hmm? Yeah, okay, that would be cool. She flirted. Well, maybe we could go on a date sometime and you could show me then. He let out a nervous laugh and nodded, turning back to his desk. Layla could see him hiding his goofy smile. Today, Layla wanted to be nice to Arnold. Today, she wanted Arnold to like her. She hoped that Arnold would want to see her again. Because in class today, Layla caught a glint of the gun hiding in Arnold's bag. This will be the last time you hear from me. I am writing from our basement and I'm not sure how long I have left. I am praying that someone will find this letter. Don is going to kill me. I came home early from work and found him and his lover in bed together. He gave me the old cliche, it's not what it looks like excuse. I lost my temper and cursed him out threatening his gloves and promising that I'll take everything from him. Don's always maintained a good front in front of everyone else, but deep down he is cruel. He abuses me and then calls me a vindictive pathological liar when I confront him. When I told him I wanted a divorce, he called me mental and told me that I was blowing things out of proportion. 
Last night I was on the phone with a divorce lawyer. I thought I was alone. But Don had hidden a voice recorder in the office. He heard it all. By the end of the night he was screaming in my face, pointing a knife at my throat. I've been locked in the basement all night and he's gone off to his mistress's house. He gave me two choices. Either I end my own life tonight or he spends the next week torturing me until I die. I know he wants it to look like a suicide but I just can't bring myself to suffer any longer. This is my final goodbye. If anyone finds this, bring it to the police. You must make sure he doesn't get away with this. Please tell my friends and family that I love them. I sign the letter and slipped it under the rug. The corner of the paper just barely sticking out. It needed to just be just noticeable enough. I checked my phone. There's two missed calls from my sister Kelly. I sent her a vague text two hours ago. Please come now. I shoved my phone into Don's office drawer and headed back to the basement. Kelly would be here any minute. Don was a cheater, but he was right. I am a vindictive pathological liar and I'm sure was mental. He doesn't abuse me. There was no voice recorder. He was headed to his mistress's house tonight, but he didn't know I knew that. I did call the divorce lawyer, but he told me there was no infidelity clause in the prenup. I couldn't take a thing from him. I'd just have to do about anything to get revenge. I grabbed the rope and fixed the end into a noose trying the top to the steel bar above me. I slipped it over my neck, took one more breath and kicked the chair out from underneath me. custom-made birthday cake to my twin sister. My twin sister always got what she wanted. Her name was Alison and she loved causing trouble and blaming me for it. One time she saw mum make this big lasagna and left it in a glass dish on the counter to cool down. Alison hated lasagna so she knocked the dish to the floor shattering it into a million pieces. Then she ran and told dad I did it. Dad dragged me into my room by the arm, which felt like it was going to be ripped out of the socket. We learned about sockets at school. Alison told him to take away my Pikachu toy because that was my favourite Pokemon, even though it's not. I just told her that because I knew she'd tell Dad to take it away all the time. I was crying before Mum came into my room. I told her I would never break the dish and I knew she'd spent a lot of time making that lasagna. She hugged me tight and said she knew. Mom knows about all the things I like and don't like and I liked her cooking. Mom never argued with Dad because when she did he'd yell so loud that the walls shook and she couldn't ever punish Alison because that made Dad really mad. I hated living with Dad and Alison. I even told Mom for my birthday present I wanted to be just me and her. On my birthday Mum decided to bake two cakes to celebrate. Alison got a vanilla Five Night Freddy's one, which was her favourite game. But Mum made me a lemon Pikachu one. I got upset because I thought she knew that wasn't really my favourite Pokemon, 
and I hated lemon, but I didn't say anything because I knew she worked really hard making it. Mum said I wasn't allowed any of Alison's cake and she wasn't allowed any of mine. Alison complained to Dad, who said she could eat whatever she liked. Alison stuffed her mouth with a piece of my cake and when Mum tried stopping her, Dad pushed her onto the floor. He ate a piece himself and laughed at her with all this yellow frosting flying from his mouth. Alison started making these coughing sounds. Dad went to hell, but then he fell to his knees and held his throat. His face got even redder than when he yelled at Mum. Mum pulled a secret Chizardi, my favourite Pokemon cake, out of the fridge and carried it over to me. She said that one was chocolate orange, my favourite flavour, and she only made the lemon one because she knew Alison and Dad would want it. They were both rolling on the floor now. Mum led me outside by the hand and asked if I wanted to go on a special birthday trip without Dad or Alison. I asked where we were going and she said it didn't matter. The important thing is that we were never coming back. I'm trapped in a cage waiting for my turn to die. They invaded our home and abducted me. It was a matter of seconds. I didn't even have a chance to put up a fight. There are four of us left, huddled in this prison, waiting for our turns to die. Every hour they would take one of us from the cage to torture and kill. They would bring out the carcasses and parade them around, taunting us. For fun? For revenge? None of us have figured out why. And what I know are my last moments of life, all I can do is think about my family and friends, who I know will suffer the same fate soon enough if they haven't already. I look up, three more prisoners are shoved in, equally as distressed as the rest of us. They tapple on top of me, pushing me into the corner of the cage. One of the captors peeps in, carefully examining the lot of us. He reaches in and forcefully grabs me. His grip is strong and unforgiving. I struggle but give up quickly. I am bound too tightly to do anything. He brings me to the back and lays me down, his eyes cold as he grabs a knife and carefully sharpens it. I look around. The six others that entered the cage with me are sprawled out across the room, motionless. A loud crunch echoes as I am impaled in the back with his blade, but not before I hear the same words I have heard countless times since I got here. Welcome to Red Lobster. When my infant daughter tumbled into the water, I tried to dive in after her. The park rangers held me back as she shrieked and thrashed, cooked alive by the hot spring. A 
A few years ago, my boss went on holiday for a couple of weeks to Spain. Midway through the holiday, he got a phone call from the police informing him that his sister had passed away in a fire in her flat. He rushes back home early, deals with the police and the passing and everything. My employers told him to take some time off to grieve, which he did. When he came back to work on a Monday morning a few weeks later, we invited him into our coffee room to talk and offer him our sympathies and support. About half an hour later, he excuses himself to start work. He walks into his office, sits down at his desk, turns on his computer and checks to see if there are any answer phone messages. The very first message that plays is his sister, screaming down the phone. Help me, help me, I'm trapped, I can't breathe. Still sends chills down my spine to think about it. As you can imagine, he was pretty traumatized. grandfather told me this story about how one time he was sitting in a chair in front of the house when he heard his wife repeatedly calling him from inside the house. The thing is, my grandmother passed away a few years before that, but he told me that the voice was so pressing that he actually got up to look inside the house, and as soon as he got inside, he heard a loud crash behind him and turned round to see that the chair he has been sitting in moments ago had been crushed by the cast iron gutter that fell on it. If he didn't come inside the house, he would have probably been seriously injured. from high school summer job at the local amusement park it was around three in the morning and there was no traffic at all got stuck at a red light that never seemed to end and while we were waiting another car pulls up next to us this car a big black hearse in immaculate condition with a clown in the driver's seat with full makeup on and costume he never moved didn't look at us nothing just stared straight ahead the whole time. Around 1980, a single mother of a toddler, Dorothy Jane Scott, started getting threatening phone calls at work. She paid the calls little attention until one night when the anonymous voice on the other end of the line instructed her to look outside. On her car's window screen was a single withered rose. The stalker would alternate between declaring his love for her and making threats of physical harm. The caller's voice sounded familiar, but Dorothy couldn't place who it was and she never got to find out. 
At a staff meeting, Dorothy noticed that one of her co-workers appeared unwell. She and another co-worker took the man to a neighbouring hospital. Dorothy went outside to the parking lot while her two co-workers waited for the prescription to be filled. She wasn't seen again after that. According to her co-worker's testimony, they went outside to meet her in the parking lot after she didn't return. They suspected a problem had occurred with the sun when they spotted her car rushing away as soon as they left the building. Neither her son nor anyone else ever saw or heard from Dorothy again. Her burned remains were discovered at a concentration site four years later. The discovery of a collection of dog bones next to her remains added even more confusion to the case. No one has ever been found guilty or detained on suspicion. The caller has never been located. hospital in the IT department and we did a number of overnight rollouts as well as on-call work response when issues occurred overnight. Many weird things happened or appeared to have happened. The thing that struck me as oddest was when I saw the coroner running at full speed down the corridor in the opposite direction towards the morgue. This guy, an older guy in his 50s or so, was going at full speed I had never seen him above an amble walk before, but this time he was really going for it. As he got close to me, he yelled, Out the way, I've got another live one! I'm not sure what was more disturbing, the fact that he was dealing with what I could only assume was a deceased body that now appeared to be alive, or the fact he said, Another. entire life had a recurring nightmare. In this nightmare she would be walking down a long dark hallway, turn to the left, open a door and see something terrible. She'd always wake up before seeing what it was. In her 40s she, her husband, my dad and my aunt were on vacation. They booked the hotel at the last minute so they ended up having two rooms with two twin beds on the opposite sides of the floor. My dad wakes up around 3am and can automatically tell something's not right. He calls out in the darkness, Dad? No response. He turns on the bedside light. Dad? He says a little louder this time. Still no response. Getting worried, he slides out of bed and shakes his father. He doesn't wake up. My dad ran down the hotel hallway to my grandma's room and started banging on the door. My grandma worriedly opens the door and my dad shouts, Something's wrong with dad! He leads her down the hallway, a long hallway, to the last door on the left. My grandmother reaches the door, turns to the left and sees her husband, deceased in bed, heart attack. She never had the dream again. Thank you. 
so did we like those stories this week if you do have your own i like i always say send them in to me dark and spooky 13 at gmail.com if you prefer to message me facebook and instagram is where i'm at my inboxes are always open over there and it's dark underscore and underscore spooky 666 same name for both of them if you can please just leave me a review and rating on whatever platform you do listen to your podcasts on it will really help me out and it will only take less than a minute also if you do follow me on facebook if you can leave me a star rating and a review over there it will just help me with the algorithm as well get involved with the posts while you're there as well don't also forget we do have a book club coming soon 2024 so if you are interested in that, you can message me. Um, it'll be £6.66 a month. Uh, we will meet online between 8 and 10pm English UK time up to three times a week. Where we will basically all read the same book together online, but we'll all participate. So we're all going to read a little bit of each chapter and everything and then discuss how we think the book will go, etc. So if you think that's something for you, don't forget to just contact me. All that's left to say is stay spooky and I'll see you on the next one.